Hello, everybody. Welcome to another commission podcast. This uh, commission is by Amy Miller for her husband, Jason. I'll get to the dedication here in a minute. For the 1986 animated children's film, Transformers the Movie, directed by The Allspark, starring Optimus Prime, Megatron, Starscream, Soundwave, Jazz, uh-huh. Prowl. Uh, what? What's the hot rod? We- wheelie, RC, wheelie. <laughs> cup, cup, uh, and Grimlock, uh, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. I got I got I got a lot to say. Uh, but first, the dedication. Uh, since this is Christmas, we're actually recording this um, the day before Thanksgiving mm-hmm. uh, because we have a lot of these Christmas present stuff and can't record them all on Christmas Day. But uh, she says very sweetly. Jace and I have been together for 26 years and are just married in 2012. Damn. Why would you get married? After 20, After 22 22 years years of, like, just just your common law, just keep rolling with it, man. Keep rolling that illicit fornication. Maybe it's, are there benefits? Probably. Probably Yeah, the the binnies are not bad. I look back at the last 22 years. God damn, we could have saved a lot of money. It's a tax alone. Now you can, I can cover you on my insurance. Like, just really dumb. Dumb move. Yep. Um... Anyway, Pete Biddy said it's all about the benefits. It's all about the binnies, baby. Uh, Amy, and I can relate to this, said I was pretty sheltered as far as entertainment goes when we met in 1990 with practically no disposable income uh, in her family, she says parenthetically. Mm-hmm. Jason opened me up to uh, whoa, uh, oh, whole new world of movies and video games. The zombie movies. Oh, the zombie movies. <laughs> all right. Jason sounds like a good guy. The two I am commissioning <laughs> hold a special place in his heart, and I cannot wait to hear what you think. No worries about offending us. We have our eyes wide open to the things we hold precious from our childhood, mostly being shit. To summarize, <laughs> he is the love of my life who makes me laugh each and every day. I hope to give him back some of that laughter with these podcasts. You'll notice I said podcast, Jason. This is the first of two, or maybe Damn. the second of two. I'm not sure in which order you'll consume them. And I'm not going to spoil the next one. It'll be up on baldmove.com. Um, so, what? Let's talk about. So, 1986. I was I was 10 years old. I was four. And, four and, years and, old. And I I'm not much older than you. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ! Yeah. You're still you're not even your mid 30s yet. God damn it. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about our relationship with the Transformers. Um, okay. What was your relationship with the Transformers? Zero. I was not allowed to watch the Transformers. Really? It's a strange thing, too, because I guess it was the violence that did it and pushed it over the top because my parents, especially my dad, was pretty lenient on the violence stuff. But And I would think with robots just fighting other robots, why not? It's not really violence so much as... Just tearing machines apart. Yeah, Westworld, but, Westworld discussions notwithstanding. Well, it's, in the eighties, it was not nearly robots, as nuanced. Yeah. I mean, you had Johnny Five. You had some real hokey, corny robot sure. shit. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch it at all. So I know, like going into this movie, I know none of the Transformers except from what I've seen in the most recent movies, the right. the Michael Bay productions, right. which are abominations, just horrible pieces of garbage. Yeah. On by and large, yeah. uh, so I I like the Transformers for some reason. Um, I remember having pretty pretty early on and young argu- uh, uh, when I was young, like you know six, seven, eight, when my mom converted arguments about you know suddenly I was not allowed to watch like the Smurfs and GI Joe, and she had like the Smurfs are magic and GI Joe is violent. Yeah, um, which is funny because no one, to my knowledge, died ever in a GI Joe. Enterprise. Well, it was also based on the military. It's also based on the military. They which don't participate in witnesses. Don't don't get involved in politics. Right. You're not allowed to vote, even so. You know, yep. glorifying the military, such as it is, is was also a no no. Yep. But I and I remember having discussions like, you know, I can't play a violent video game, but you'll let me play chess. Like, at what level of abstraction? I mean, just deal like deal making, like like. Yeah. Literally something out of a Tolkien book, or I'm I'm dealing with the fucking Sphinx, and I'm trying to figure out what what magical combination of words to get on my way and live my life. And somehow we came in a compromise that Transformers are okay because yes, there was violence, but it was lasers and not bullets, and it was robots but not humans. Right, right. Then the Transformers movie came out, and uh-huh. my mom forbid me from seeing it because she yep. heard their that the robots were swearing, and Which that it was is PG. True. It was PG. And what cartoon oh. could be what? What? How bad must a cartoon be to go from G to PG? And, and you're, you can't argue you're ten with that years lo- old at the time. You can't argue with that logic 
folks. And you can't argue with mom. I never heard. Sh- I never heard anyone say shit, especially <laughs> that my father never <laughs> right. heard anyone say goddamn. Like it's it's Looney Tunes. Um, but I never got to yeah. see this movie, and I have. I in fact, either. this is the very first time I've seen this movie. Me too. Uh, uh, I've definitely seen parts of it, like just random clips. Its but- rep is. Uh, the Optimus Prime died, mm-hmm. and that it traumatized a lot of kids. So I was, I guess, aware, uh, uh, ready for that emotional gut punch. Honestly, this is a robot Armageddon. It many, is many, yeah. many, many uh, uh, Transformers died, and I was reading some behind-the-scenes interviews with the producers and how much Hasbro mm-hmm. pushed, like you know, different storylines and said that these right. people need to die. Hasbro actually requested the entire Generation 1 line of Transformers die. All of them? There was a scripted scene that I guess never got filmed of essentially all of the G1 Autobots doing like a charge of the Light Brigade and just getting cut down. Oh, my God. And they're like, you think kids were locking themselves in their closet crying about Optimus Prime? What happens when their entire toy collection gets gutted? Because that was the old toys and you got to have the new toys. Um, Right. Whew, that was that'd be brutal. But uh, it's funny because the first robot that dies in this movie is my personal favorite because it's the very first Transformer my dad got me, and that's Prowl, the mm-hmm. little uh, Japanese police car that transforms into a robot. Okay. Um, I thought he was. I, I always thought he's an exceptionally cool G one Transformer, and um, I guess I got, I'm kind of glad I didn't see it because I'd have been super bummed out if Prowl died right off the bat. Um, what do you think of this movie, just generally? Uh, so I had a great time watching it. Yes, I I cannot believe half the things I'm seeing happening on the screen or hearing or hearing as I'm watching this thing. I guess I didn't expect for it to be as crazy as it is. Like mm-hmm. I know the slogan is like beyond good, beyond evil, beyond your wildest imagination, <laughs> but it really was. Yeah, totally. And I can imagine for kids in the day, too, like Optimus Prime dying oh, yeah. is beyond your wildest imagination. Yeah. And like early on in the film, not even at the climax, like the mm-hmm. first the close of the first act is him dying and yeah. turning into a black and white corpse thing um, and passing off the Matrix of Leadership to some douchebag named Matt Magnus something <laughs> or other. Uh-huh. Um, but I... Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> I thought... It was pretty funny too. Like I, I couldn't believe the musical choices. Oh my god! Yeah, like it swings wildly between heavy synth, the metal, and then there's a weird. I'm not making this up. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, a weird Al Yankovic dare to be stupid dance sequence in the middle of the film. There is. Like it you, shocked you, me. You called it. It's like, oh, this is like this must be the song that Dare to Be Stupid is like based on, right? And like, yeah, I'm like, well, no, that's actually Weird Al Yankovic. And then it's like, well, they're not going to do the chorus because then that would just be making fun of their own movie. But then they did it, and then they all danced. <laughs> the all the Transformers danced at the end to Dare to Be Stupid. And what do you say to that? You say bravo. You, uh, you clap. You give a standing ovation <laughs> because I thought it was amazing. The other thing that I thought was but, but the music choices like you said they are they are rocking like this movie has one of the most rocking synth soundtracks Some, I can think of aside from inappropriately Tron. when like robots yes. are dying and begging to be reassembled and they're still playing the juicy uh-huh. guitar licks like dare to keep your dreams alive <laughs> just like ah oh, yeah it's dare amazing dare to defy your wildest imagination <laughs> uh, the other thing I thought was interesting is that this movie is also wall to wall action like this has in the first 15 minutes as much action as an entire season's of Transformers. Like, just all-out robot war. Um, You know, bare-knuckle robot brawling, plasma cannons going off, Megatron transforming into his gun and blowing guys' heads off. It's it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Uh, It starts, like, I'm just going to go this chronologically and make observations. Mm -hmm. Um, The first uh, of... of, I thought it was Cybertron getting eaten by this... uh, (laughs) Uh, it's not Omnicron. Unicron. Unicron. Uh, it gave my eye seizures. Yeah. Like this, somehow this rapid red eye blinking actually made my eye feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like right away, you've got the kids having seizures rolling in the aisles. Uh, the other thing I wondered is how the hell did the Autobots lose? I don't remember much of season one of the Transformers because um, it's probably I... pretty forgettable. But I couldn't understand like how did the Autobots 
I guess, reclaim Cybertron, but they lost Cybertron, but they also are, have a base on Earth, and, like, <laughs> we just dropped in the middle of the situation where it seems like the, the Autobots are, are, are getting their asses kicked. Mm-hmm. Um, I also... <laughs> we see that, like, Laserbeak, one of the cassette uh, robots that fit inside the chest of Soundwave, which is the boombox robot. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was spying over Optimus's plan to like go back to Earth to get some Energon supplies for the final mm-hmm. assault. And it was super funny that uh, when he was playing back the scene for Megatron, it wasn't from his point of view. No. He, I guess, had hacked into the director's camera angles and gotten essentially, we got to see 45 seconds of the previous five minutes. Right. Um, that was pretty funny. Pretty good. And I knew I was in for kind of a, a treat here when I saw the cast of this movie, mm. like the voices, because they have a lot of famous people voicing characters. And in a lot of last roles. Right. Like Orson yeah. Welles played Unicron. Yeah. And you mentioned that like the when we were watching this, like I've heard that this is his last performance and he kind of phoned it in. I mean, I didn't think he phoned it in. Yeah, I guess not. Like that's what I had heard, but it seems okay for an Orson Welles thing. Yeah, like he like what would you define a phoning in performance when you're a dying man playing a giant planet? Right. Um but I, I thought he did fine. Leonard Nimoy mm-hmm. uh was Galvatron, which is the reformatted Megatron that Unicron makes in his image. Was he? Yeah, Megatron was dying. Starscream dumped him out of his 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 escape vessel. Right. And somehow Megatron and some of the other Decepticon because, flunkies. Because of weight. Weight's a problem. Because weight's a problem in space. Yeah. When uh, they can all fly. Right. Through I, space. I don't... It's also... I don't understand, like, when Megatron is flying a jet fighter mm-hmm. and Starscream is flying a jet fighter... And Starscream is a space jet fighter. <laughs> right. Like, is this jet fighter they're flying more powerful? Like, uh-huh. wouldn't the optimum configuration being Starscream flying around with, like, Megatron and gun form slung under his wing? Like, what what defeats that? It is know. very un- unclear to me. Also, there's a couple scenes where the humans are in spacesuits. So you can tell mm-hmm. there's a, and they're operating in a vacuum of space. And yet a guy transforms into a helicopter and starts taking off. Like, <laughs> right. that ain't going to work. That ain't going <laughs> to work at all. Um, but there, yeah. there's always something that defeats something else, though. Like there's always the rock for somebody's scissors, right? Because, like, I don't know what the giant uh, Zord thing that they put together is mm-hmm. when all these Transformers the come together. Constructicons, the Devastator. yeah. Is that the name of it? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Devastator forms up because they're going to fight over who gets thrown out of this fucking ship. And that's game over. And it should be game over. But then some other just rando bot like pounds the floor a couple With times. Soundwave, I think, yeah. And, and Devastator falls to shit. Right. Like now, the, now, to be fair, like Soundwave is an exceptionally powerful Decepticon. Like, so when you okay. buy these, I, okay. you don't know this, but when you bought the toys, uh-huh. they had like personnel files on the back. Oh man! And you and they actually had this like cut it out. So you're, they encourage you to cut these out and I guess to keep them in like a fucking. I remember index seeing these card yeah. box. In, I kept all stores. mine. But yeah, like uh, uh, Soundwave was always like super high on the intelligence, and I think there there was like intelligence, strength, durability, and loyalty, and maybe one other thing like cunning or something like that. Okay. And he was like always off the charts on strength and cunning. Um, okay. And yeah, he was just kind of a real badass. In fact, um, he's kind of like the Jesus to the hilltop on Walking Dead. Hmm. Maybe he should be the leader. But for whatever reason, he's loyal to Megatron. Okay. Um, oh, so that's the other thing. Oh, yeah? You're, you're talking... You said he's loyal to Megatron? Mm-hmm. I I couldn't have told you that. I thought he was an Autobot. Like, <laughs> it, it is impossible to keep these these bots separate if you don't have, like, years of experience yeah, looking at Yeah, you them. know, it's funny because I didn't have a problem, but I'm like... And also, like, just you can't just look at the symbol, but you're right. In a crowd scene, there isn't a consistent color scheme. Like... The Autobots are not all the warm colors, right. and the Decepticons are not all the cool colors. I and mean, I expected there to be. And so when I saw like a, a neutral colored bot, I was or like, blue and purple bots. Like, oh, that's where a Decepticon. Does that belong? Oh yeah. no, he's an Autobot. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. The color palette's all over the place. Uh, is thought- everything supposed to be pink and purple, or is that like a bad copy of the movie? <laughs> So the first because I thought it was like red and blue and silver. The first robotic planet that um, Unicron eats, and it's not. 
Cybertron. I thought it was Cybertron. You're right. It had an exclusively pink and purple, like, My Little Pony's color scheme. But that was, like, another alien race of robots, it right? It was. Okay. It was. Like, this, this, there, there was several... Like you had the Aussie bots, mm-hmm. you had the Sharkicons, you had <laughs> right. like all these off-brand factions of robots that still, I guess, they're all from the same section sector of space. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I don't. And then you had six sectors. These of robots Autobots. had Fu Manchu mustaches. What's up with that? <laughs> right. Uh, you know. And and what's the female Autobot? RC. RC. She's wearing lipstick. So right. Yeah. <laughs> there you that's go. Sexy. <laughs> right. That's sexy. Weird joke because like. For the longest time, and I don't remember her as a Transformer, and I'm, I wonder if she was invented for the the movie. Hmm. Um, but for the longest time, she wasn't transforming, and it wasn't immediately like sometimes you look at Optimus Prime, it's like okay, he's going to transform into a semi. Uh-huh. You look at Star screaming the jets, it's like okay, he's probably going to turn into something with wings. But she's like, what is she going to transform into? We hmm. couldn't figure it out. Um, I also like so so Megatron gets intelligence on what Optimus Prime is up to. And he just busts in, like you said, <laughs> Kool-Aid Man style, through the side of his ship. There's no yep. – like, like if we made this movie today, you would actually see the, sh- the, the Megatron ship draw close, subdue. There would be some kind of bridge or there would be some kind of hole cut in. He just like, oh, yeah, his way into this room. And then yep. Prowl immediately gets destroyed, which bummed me out. Mm-hmm. Um, they take over the ship, so now you got this Autobot ship that's coming in, and it's full of Decepticons. And I forgot there's a microscope Autobot, right? Named Perceptor, which I want to say was actually a functional microscope. It was a mm-hmm. shitty one, but okay. you actually could like you know do very basic science. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could look at a water drop and see fucking water bears and shit in there. <laughs> Um, but what blew my mind is he had turned his ass around and was using himself as a telescope yeah, to detect the fact that these Decepticons were, um, all over. And like, the other thing is like, they worked in the appearances of everybody, like Insecticons yeah. had one bit scene where they're eating the door to the Autobot base. And then they were like, nope, not working. Right. And they never saw him again. Right. It's like, well, we got, we worked in their, that, that toy in for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. But they also have this like pseudo, it's essentially English, kind of like when um, Star Wars like have an insult like laser brain. Yeah. It's like you take like lame brain and you replace it with a spacey word. And this movie was replete with that because you had Insecticons complaining about the doors being heavy in electrons. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? Right. Like, yeah, materials got as many electrons as a material's got. If it's more, I thought it was worse. I thought it was. I thought they said protons. Oh, really? Or photons, rather? Photons. Yeah, that which are just really light doesn't particles. Make sense. Yeah. For photons, it's actually just like isn't that technically just a quantum of energy? I don't know. It doesn't have to be light. It could be okay. You know. Or is electromagnetic radiation, is that a form of light? I don't know. Anyway, uh, this isn't a science podcast, clearly. Yeah. Um, Also, I want to say they introduced Hot Rod. I looked this up to be sure. Hot Rod is brand new for this movie. And he's voiced by Judd Nelson. Hot Rod is brand new? The guy who eventually... Inherits Optimus Prime, Matrix of Leadership. Oh, of course he is. They want to sell toys of him. He's the new leader. Is the loud mouth, brash, asshole... Mm-hmm. And I even said, my notes say, Hot Rod is an asshole and he looks bad. I don't have a problem with Hot Robot Rod. Robot form is fun, but he turns into like this really cheap looking bullshit kit car. Okay. He reminds me of like an F-Zero car with wheels. Well, that's stupid. I, F-Zero cars are like... defined by the, their lack of wheels, and that's why you put up with their <laughs> shitty design. Is that why? I thought it was because it was a fun game. Well, I mean that too, but if they had wheels, it would be a shit show. You'd be like, why is this guy driving around an asshole car? You wouldn't say Captain Falcon's (laughs) cool. You'd say he's driving an asshole mobile. Sure. Uh, I like that um, Soundwave and his whatever his Autobot, uh, Auto Blaster, Master Blaster compatriot, apparently can hold at least five tapes in their chest. Yeah, he's a tape changer. The, 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 it's like the, a disc changer, except with tapes. Right. I mean... That had to I be wonder, a thing that existed, I right? I don't know, because the mechanics of it are so much harder. I would imagine, yeah. Like like a, a backup tape carousel for like a data center was super mega fucking expensive. What if they had them in like bars? Because you know how they have the record changers or whatever? Mm. You could do that with tapes pretty easily. I guess you could. You could, and you could. But then I also think the problem with that is like... Um, the problem with tapes are... 
uh, they get worn out and stuff. And then, you know, like imagine a, an automatic arm taking something out and that it's just trailing tape everywhere oh, and, then jam, <laughs> right. and it's just going to turn into a spider web of magnetic tape. Whereas a record, uh-huh. the worst that can happen is it skips. Yeah. And then the arm comes, takes it up, but like it's not like going to get hung up in this, this you know, interdimensional space where it, it, it gets in a state where it's yeah, stuck you, and it can't move. Like the inside, his insides must just be a mess of tape. Yeah. Just tape everywhere. Yeah, just, just fucking. It's amazing he can function. Yeah, and it's, um, it's too bad because, um, yeah, so I looked it up. The other thing. <laughs> Um, it's it's too bad too that they didn't have like CD technology. Although CDs would make tra- tor- terrible transforming robots. Like I was just saying That's that like true, yeah. one of the cool things about um, I forget was it Frenzy or I forget the the the, the Jaguar looking tape that popped out. I had him and I had Soundwave and I believe that the toy Soundwave actually was designed in such a way that those tapes would fit inside one of them would fit inside of his, his chest that's really cool but the cool thing is is these tapes would come out and they actually kind of like uh, some of the trans the transformers are all over the place about whether they looked like their toy counterparts hmm. like usually okay. um and, and they started cheating in later models because they just stopped making them look like real things but like when the robot was transformed it looked like their actual thing the toy then we transform the robot. Then it's like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> you know, I guess, I guess, like you know, and like Prowl, like he would transform and look all right, but like his feet wouldn't come apart, huh. and his arms only had a very limited amount of movement because they just you know had to make compromises between the toy and and the vehicle. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's too bad they didn't have like um. They were the the tapes are the only things that would work because CDs and records are too too skinny. I guess they get an eight mm-hmm. tracks that turned into things. Yeah, but um, the other thing is like they had this guy named Blur, which I think is another one new to the movie, and he was voiced by John Moshida Jr., who turns out is the if if you were a child of the eighties, you know him as the Micro Machines guy, right? This guy'd come in and like his his claim to fame is he just talked really really fast, and now mm-hmm. why? Did they associate micro machines with a fast talker? Like that, those two have nothing in huh. common, right? That's a good question. Like when Ant Man cars are so fast, they're mini race cars. Are they fast? They're just tiny, they're just mini race cars. I know, but race cars are fast, and so would so would be mini race cars. But micro machines were also like airplanes, and like it was like yeah. it wasn't. I guess I guess airplanes are fast too. They didn't make, like, a micro-machine snail or a turtle. I don't know. I wonder... I mean, that guy did those commercials for a while. And I never questioned it as a child. It was like, yeah. yes, this fast-talking dude is talking about micro-machines. It was a know. gimmick. It was a gimmick that worked. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they I, did have kind of, like, some kind of in-universe explanation. Like, uh, these guys are small, and you can cram a lot into a small space, and I'm cramming a lot of words into a 30-second commercial. They probably did. They probably had their marketing document that had a, a full page about why but i was a 10 year old and like that's the thing like i um something very satisfying about collecting things as just as a child yeah like comic sure. books or like you know and i remember that was like my dad would always try to lecture me on why this stuff is stupid like when i'd be like hey i want to get these <laughs> muscle things or hey i want to get these yeah um battle beasts or hey i want to like they they don't really do like garbage pail kids mm-hmm. uh the chief pleasure is just possessing them. Right. What is up with that? I've lost that since as a, as an adult, thankfully. I think you still have a bit of I, it. I have a bit of it, yeah. What, uh, what is the, satisfa- the mental satisfaction from collecting a set of things and then like, ah, it's complete? I, I can't – I couldn't really tell you because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I've ever had a collection that I consider complete either. Ah, uh, so you're, you know, you've been a frustrated collector your entire yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, because I never have the funds that I need to complete a collection mm-hmm. in that manner. But I don't know. I imagine there's some kind of pride in, in having a vast array of things. Of things, yeah. Uh, there's probably the the feeling of knowing you can go and use those things whenever you'd like and that all of them are at your disposal at any given moment. Right. Uh, like, for instance, video games or something. Yeah. Being able to just say, I'm going to go in this room and I'm going to pick this off the shelf and play it. Right. And also I think there's also, like, the more things you have, the more fully you can play. Like, if you wanted to play Transformers and you only had, like, Right. Three good guys and two bad guys. Well, there's a limited n- number of stories that you can you can tell at that and, and recreate. Sure. Um, and I never had enough toys. Like like my cousin, 
he had like fucking everything. Like I was thinking as I was watching this film, like he had all this shit and like I had like, you know, a fraction of it. So what I ended up doing, I always do the Andy from Toy Story route where I'd have my Transformers and my Legos and my Star Wars action figures. And like I would figure out a way that they would all just kind of like go together because that's the only way I could feel the full size army for battle. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, my cousin Clint, he like fucking... G.I. Joe, he's got the whole fucking set. He's got the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. He's got the G.I. Joe uh, fucking space shuttle. He's got the SR-71 Cobra shit. He's got, he's got like, which universe do you want to play with? Okay. Here's <laughs> entire divisions. But anyway. Right. Um, some of that shit was expensive, too. Uh, yeah, I was like that with video games. Like, I, I never really got into action figure collecting. See, my parents were super cheap. So, like, I got one to two video games per year, maybe. Right. And then once I got old enough, I could start spending my own money. Like, my parents, like, never. So, like, I had to mow lawns for two weeks to mm-hmm. get uh, to, to save up for a, a video game. So, like, and I was always stung. Like, you picked the wrong video game. Oh. And you were fucked because, like, well, I guess my summer is playing this video game that I hate. Mm-hmm. Back to, think to of the a, future. I'm trying to think of a really NES. good example of that. Um, uh, I hated – I got aladdin for the super nintendo i think and beat it in like an obscenely short amount of time and took it back Uh uh-huh it's dissatisfied with that uh i don't know did the whole like like, play buy from toys r us and you had seven days to beat it and return it yeah pretty much (laughs) uh so the other thing about this is i came to realize is this is this this movie is set up to be a kind of like a little boy fantasy oh yeah there are no little girls to be found nope um, there's one especially ludicrous t- uh, scene where there's like four Transformers, which I remind you are like three-story tall, multi-ton robots, and they're pushing aside a land tank that's bigger than all of them. Mm-hmm. And like, Danny, <laughs> come here and help. And this like 10-year-old little boy, no spacesuit, nothing at this stage, yep. throws his shoulder into this giant tank tread the size of an office building, <laughs> and it slowly starts moving. Yeah. Like, really? Really, your fifty pounds of pushing force is going to be better than you know whatever. It's what the, they needed. They had just fifty pounds too little. I don't know. Uh, the other thing I have a trouble understanding is if you've got a giant particle cannon strapped to your wrist, why do you ever start fist fighting? That's a good question. Like especially Megatron, they always seem like Megatron's gun was like devastatingly powerful, and also I don't understand why. When he takes his, like, he's got these enormous cannons strapped to his his arm. When he transforms into a gun, first of all, he's, he shrinks. He shrinks so he can fit in, like, usually Megatron or Starscream's hand. Mm-hmm. And then they always make it seem like that is an especially devastating attack. But, like, his arm cannon is as big as his whole fucking head. And when he <laughs> shrinks down, it's like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get the, 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 the physics there. I don't think anybody does, not even the writers. <laughs> I don't think they care. Yeah. And also, how useful is it to pretend to be a pistol? Like, the, the, the whole... Here's yeah, the whole thing cause... with the Transformers is they 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 turn into two different... Like, it's presumably in Cybertron, because I remember there's an episode where they explore what Optimus Prime was like before he was Optimus Prime. Whoa. And he's running around, and he looks like a futuristic sled something like a transportation sled okay uh, and when he comes to earth they like start um trans so there's two there's utilitarian purposes i'm a robot that can transform in this other thing that's specialized for hauling shit you know like much strong bigger loads than i could as a as a bipedal robot carry that makes sense going to earth you're hiding out on earth you want to be able to move incognito so you transform into a semi so you can go from place to place without the 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 monkeys gaping at you mm-hmm if you transform into a sport shooting pistol, mm-hmm. what does that get you? Uh, You're tightly controlled at a lot of places on the planet, so that's a no-go. That's true. You can't use yourself. You can't just kind of like donkey, 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 like hop down right. the sidewalk. You, right. You know, like what? what is the I, – I can – jet, great idea. Yeah. You can yeah. cover a lot of ground. You can go incognito. Sports car, great. Motorcycle, great. Gun? Ghetto blaster? Like, right. I mean, you know, if you have to be carried by an unaware human, what is the point? What is the point of transforming yeah. into a microscope? What? 
to better see things. Why is the microscope guy the nerdy science guy? Well, I think that's obvious. Come on. I guess it's true. It does seem like a lot of their personalities, um, I don't know. They're the they are. They're based on what they turn into. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Can these robots turn into anything other than the robots we see them turning into or the forms we see them I think their robot into? form is kind of like their true selves, which is curious because right. Optimus Prime looks like a fucking semi. Right, but could he turn into like a, a bulldozer? Could he turn into a pomegranate? Like, I think... And if not, how did he... It's canon. Come to be. Because back in like the Beast Wars era, it's essentially Transformers back in time before humans evolved and they were transforming into animals and shit. Okay. And like there was an Optimus Prime that was like I think his name's Beastial Prime or something like that. I don't know, something like that. And uh-huh. he turned into like I think a big gorilla. Okay. So like but he was still recognized like still voiced by Peter Cullen and like he was still recognizable. So he the was prime the character. same the same robot. Robot, I think. Okay. I could be wrong because I'm not that I'm makes not sense. I'm not deep into the Transformers lore. Like when my mom would let me go to see the movie, I didn't then I guess once she did, she bested me on that field, it's mm. like somehow it's like you know what I've been rethinking this Transformers thing. Yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna, you're gonna have to let all that shit go. So yeah. like it kind of um it it kind of aborted my whole childhood the uh, love of Transformers. Um, so yeah, we we this this started off a whole thing of particle cannons and why to fist fight. Um, I also love that Optimus Prime almost saved his ass. By doing the James T. Kirk Memorial <laughs> double hammer fist move, never gets it and just like it just just lays Megatron the fuck out with a double hammer fist. He does. Uh, it's more powerful than his particle cannon. It's more powerful than his laser rifle. It's. I, I guess he didn't have his laser axe in this in- iteration. Oh, he has a laser axe. I, I in later movies and and hmm. and stuff he does. I um and some of the like Transformers next gen stuff, but yeah. there's lightsabers in this movie. So like several he, robots have lightsabers. If he dies in this movie, how, does he come back at some point? Yes. All I have right. no idea how. Okay. But there is actually a, a season two or three arc where it's called The Return of Optimus Prime. Gotcha. And he gets resurrected somehow. Um, you know who my favorite bot is? Who's that? Grimlock. Why is Grimlock? I freaking... Because Grimlock is chill as fuck. Grimlock, Grimlock is brutally ignorant. He, and he's stupid. a very, very dumb Tyrannosaurus. I'm not even Rex saying bot. that. Like in universe, like I remember, yeah. looking at his character stats card, his intelligence was like zero. Sure, but his strength was off the chart, and and his chill levels off the chart too. Like <laughs> the the whole planet is exploding around him, and Blur is trying to get him into this fucking ship so they can take off. He's like. Yeah, I'll go. I think he's like... I'll go when I want. It's weird because they're trying to do like a Mr. T gag where like the Decept- the, the Dinobots were afraid to f- travel on spaceships. Oh, is that what they were doing? Yeah, because why else would you have to herd them into the... Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like, oh, me, Grimlock, no fly. And they <laughs> gave him his milk laced with roofies and then... Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's essentially... It's awesome though. Throughout the whole movie, he made me laugh the most consistently. Oh no, he's he's a lot of fun. Yeah. Also, I call bullshit the fact that like if Grimlock doesn't want to get on a ship, he's just not going to get on that fucking ship. Right. You might you you'll destroy the ship getting him into it if that's mm-hmm. your, your goal. But apparently, you just put a magic lasso on him and he becomes docile. Yeah. Um, speaking of Dinobots, what is the point of tr- a transforming? D- I don't even remember because I remember that the Dinobots like were found and there's some some sort of primitive Autobot, hmm. and they weren't necessarily even like recognizing Prime as their leader. And so they're like the Amazon Amazon rainforest uh, equivalent of yeah, like like this like Autobots. These, these these Autobots crash landed on Earth like 93 million years ago and took on the forms of dinosaurs. And they've been there ever since? Well, they were in stasis. They never, oh, like, okay. at first, at some... And I don't know why they're stupid, because why would a 93 million old robot be stupid? Um, but but the, more to the point, why the, what the fuck is the advantage of transforming into a dinosaur? Because dinosaurs are profoundly stupid. It's not like they're going <laughs> to give a robot guff, you know? Uh-huh. It's not going to cause a robot problems to not go incognito in the land of dinosaurs. And, and yeah, also, that's Grimlock true. They don't need even... to disguise. They don't need to be robots in disguise. No. They can just be robots. They're talking to be robots. Also, Grimlock is not necessarily... I'm going to say it. 
He doesn't especially look like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Not particularly. He looks more like He's a got Godzilla. short arms. And but not that short, and they're in the wrong <laughs> position. Short, right? His 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 um, upright gait is way wrong. Like, yeah, that's, he's that's hunched all, over too much. That's all Godzilla. Um, yeah. Uh, the the Triceratops look pretty good. The Pterodon is yeah. like whatever, and I'm pretty sure that the Brontosaurus looking one is bullshit too. Plus, he got it kind of got shafted because they did away with the whole Brontosaurus thing, and they renamed the Apatosaurus around about that time too. They oh. they killed off. They they mis they they reclassified Brontosaurus so. Maybe he never had, uh, maybe he never had a chance of being accurate. But like, <laughs> if you're going to transform into a dinosaur, then shouldn't you look, fucking look like a dinosaur? Like, I would think so. What's the point? I don't get it. Yeah, Triceratops, he really gives it to Devastator at one point. Like mm. Devastator's all, I think it's Devastator. He's doing his shit, and mm. Tyrannosaurus or not Tyrannosaurus, Triceratops comes in and just bowls oh, yeah. him into the wall. Takes takes puts his three horns right in his crotch. Yeah, I loved um, it. Interestingly enough, the Devastator maintains cohesion through that. Yes. But one ground pound from Starscream or uh-huh. Soundwave, and he just falls the fuck apart. Um, also, I thought it's interesting. So Prime is alive, but they're saying his wounds are fatal. What does that mean in context of a robot? Uh... Like, if, the, if you make... If, if I'm a robot and I make it off the battlefield intact... I think I'm going to survive because do you have my spare parts or not? Do you have more motor oil? <laughs> do you have like <laughs> right? Like it's like a nuclear energon? reactor where like it's going critical and oh. it's, it's caught in the chain reaction. There's nothing they can do to actually stop it. But he doesn't explode. Like I'd buy I buy that. Like yeah. okay, we got to get 50 miles away from Optimus Prime. Right. We got to get Daniel, dump him in space. We got to get Daniel Danny 50 miles away, or he'll be irradiated. Won't be able to have kids. Right, but. Him just going black and white from wounds he sustained off the battlefield? I'm pretty sure he only died once he took the Matrix out of his chest. Maybe that's what, like, yeah, maybe you died because you took a vital component out of your chest, you dumbass. <laughs> right. And you're going to give it to, you know... You know that whole Darkest Hour shit? Guess right? what? It's happening right now. <laughs> Self-fulfilling prophecy. And like, and Magnus clearly doesn't know what the fuck to do with it. Like, I, I, I thought Magnus became the leader. Uh, clearly, Hot Rod gets upgraded to Rodimus Prime, which that, like... It's super disappointing to this forty-year-old. Yeah, I thought Magnus was the the Leonard Nimoy character. No, Magnus is Magnetron, or no Magnetron? Galvatron. Galvatron. When Galvatron gets reconstructed from the remains of Megatron, that's the Leonard Nimoy character. I didn't. No, I'm not sure that's true. I'm positive it's true. Okay. Yeah, he's. But then they. But is Leonard Nimoy the voice of that guy in perpetuity? Uh, probably not. I can't imagine he would right. go back to the Transformers cartoon and hawk toys for 30 minutes a day. Yeah, I thought they killed Nimoy in this, which mm. would make sense. Did Galvatron die? And no. They, they must have... <laughs> I don't think he's Galvatron, though, so we have a fundamental okay. Who do you uh, think he is, misremembering then? of this. I thought he was whoever Optimus Prime hands the Matrix to. Oh, dying. no, 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 no. The so, new guy, whoever that is. Uh, I just, I'm looking it up because you're done pissing me off. Ultra okay. Magnus uh, is Robert Stack, who from Unsolved Mysteries and Untouchables okay. fame. Recognizably so, because I'm like, that's the Unsolved Mysteries guy. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Who was who was Leonard Nimoy? Oh, he's Galvatron. Yeah, so I was right. Okay. And you're uh, wrong. <laughs> right, that's fair. <laughs> I have no, I don't know these guys' names from A Hole in the Wall. Sure, so. sure. Uh, how about Jazz being voiced by Scatman Crothers? Uh, yeah, that was that's surprising. The, that's, I that's was like. Optimus Prime's secondhand man and then kind of like a second banana in this this film. But yeah, like. I was going to make a joke about him sounding like Scatman Crothers. And then. He's Scatman Crothers. Yeah, the credits rolled, and I was like, oh, that's why he sounds like Scatman Crothers. Also, um,. You know, Orson Welles, whatever. This is Scatman Crothers' last uh, That's true. Uh, role as well. Yeah, Orson Welles died before the release of the movie Scatman just a few months after. Right, right. Um, so what else do we have to talk about the whole... Oh, um, yeah, so Magnus gets a matrix of leadership, and he just seems like a joke of a leader. Like, he's not a great leader. Um, Prime dies and fades to black and white, which, why would a robot do that? I... Uh, I don't know. Uh, so uh, I did enjoy I did enjoy the um, leadership struggle on the Decepticons. They're limping home somehow, and like Megatron's dying, and Soundwaves decides that the shuttle's got too much weight, so they eject uh-huh. a bunch of guys out of. And the other thing is like Soundwave has always been like Megatron's staunchest defender, 
Soundwave just goes along with everyone dumping Mega, a still living Megatron out the airlock. Yeah, interesting, interesting. <laughs> um, I I can't believe how much how obvious it is after the fact that this is just some kind of money grab slash indoctrination of kids, like sure. top to bottom. It's yeah, I mean they're probably enjoying it because they like these characters and stuff, but. Obviously, they're killing off all these characters so they can introduce another line of toys, uh, which they hope kids will love just as much. They're also these Aussie bots, as we call them. Mm-hmm. They talk in TV slogans, like advertising. Did they really quips? Yeah, I can't understand a word those Australian robots are saying. Right, because they're talking in like these short, limited time only type no, they things. Weren't. Yes, the whole time. Oi, battery's not included. Exactly. Really? Are they doing that? No, and they even say we talk TV. They're like, and, and then this this because like, that was a thing like the Max Headroom craze, like you know, like you had sure, this yeah. talking computer generated TV host. Uh huh. Like so, I, I like I can see how that being like eighties edgy. And they've got these sayings that they're trying to probably get kids to latch onto with this universal greeting thing, this ba we grana mini bon or whatever universal meeting. Like that's just some that that's that's a, a bunch of writers that got high and said, "Can we get away with this shit?" And can we get away with it twice? And then for thirty years afterward, kids have been quoting this to have them, they? to their I've... friends, to mm. themselves, and the mirrors. I mean, I guarantee it. We need to learn the universal. <laughs> Greeting. I wrote it down phonetically. What is it? Ba weep grana minibon. <laughs> but I <laughs> fuck me if I'd spelled it right. So I have sure no it's idea. Cinnabon, because like that's going a long way towards a universal greeting of peace. Yeah, that's true. Um, I also like how so Cup was always re- recalling things from previous battles, mm-hmm. and he's like, "This reminds me of this and this and and at one point he says, "This reminds me of engaging with the Hellbats of something or something rather and Hot Rod says, well, how did you get out of that one? He goes, we inverted polarities. Uh-huh. And it's as a response to, like, losing homing missiles? Yeah. And then when they showed the visual of reverting, reversing polarities, their ship just thrusted up. The homing missiles went beneath them. So you mean evasive maneuvers. And then they, But they still turned around mm-hmm. and came right at them, but exploded just short of the ship. So I'm like, you still yeah. got some Trek no babble, Star Trek next generation, but... but it didn't match anything. Like, right. yeah, like if he'd said, oh, we used retro thrusters, I'll buy that. Mm-hmm. But reversing, pol- what polarity, motherfucker? What are you inverting? I don't get it. Well, this speaks to the idea that you voiced while we were watching it, which is this is the easiest thing in the world to be a writer for, a for this show? movie or for a kid show. Yeah, it's got to be just easiest damn thing you've ever done. Because you can take the great, you can take all the greatest moments from pop culture, and it's it's fresh as new fallen snow to these idiots. And it doesn't have to make that much sense, right? You just remix it as you see fit. Who cares? Just staple it together and call it a day, right? Like the next scene where Magnus, what's him call, much watch uh, Magnus Awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, there's there the the Decepticons are hot under tail and they're destroying their ship. And one of his lieutenants says, they're not going to stop until they see us dead. And then Ultra Magnus yeah. says, then that's exactly what they'll see. <laughs> and we're like, terrible leader. Yeah, like, don't okay, kill yourself. Well, fine. It's just, but they blow up like, you know, three quarters of the ship and they like there's like right. a saucer. You call it the saucer section escapes. Yeah, they do a Star Trek. Uh, fuck. Insurrection. But I'm no. Sure I'm saying, or, no, no, no. Um, which movie do they do that in separate saucer section in? Mm. Riker crashes into the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a the, violent crash, su- crash generations. scene in this too. It's generations, right? You're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, they do that. But that's it's also a modified Han Solo like attack run sure. against the Star Destroyer and hiding out. Like it's uh-huh. just like this this diversion. Like I that you blow an eight year old's mind. But like you know they don't know how hacky and hokey that is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that must be nice to just essentially you could run like. You know, a brother betraying a brother, and like that's the first time they'll ever see that. And oh my god, how can this happen? Yep. Um, what's with cars transforming to cars to cope with underwater environments? I don't know. 
Like, Something about the aerodynamics uh, makes them go faster through water. Like, I, I don't know why you invent a water planet to have automobiles planted. Like, if you had, I can understand that like, there's a jet ski robot or there's uh-huh. a submarine robot. Like, you got to invent some, it's like, that's Aquaman. Fine, let's let's invent him a five-minute sequence so he can not be useless. But right. Hot Rod transforms into a, his little shitty kit car and then makes vroom, vroom noises as he burns out mm-hmm. on the seabed. Doesn't make a lick of fucking sense. No, here's what I would have done. If if you're trying to make a line of toys appealing to kids, you have a new faction of robots, which they had in this movie in abundance. Yeah, you had Shaka Khans, you had Osakons, you had Right. You had the the ones at the beginning of the movie whose names I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, the purple cons. But you have them team up in a very dramatic and epic way with right. Optimus to fight the ultimate bad guy, and then they become like your buddies too. Well, see, I thought that's what was going to happen, the Decepticon. And there was um at one point Matt, um Galvatron mentioned like, you know, enemy of my enemy is my friend, we need to band up against this Omnicron and it never really no, kind of went there. I mean, I guess they stopped attacking each other for a brief moment, but didn't they? He also turned around to betray him over to make right. leadership, and I but don't you know. could have it like, oh, this other faction comes in and saves Optimus, right? Yeah. And and Optimus only lives because of these guys. And then you have kids arguing like, oh, well, this guy's better than Optimus because sure. he saved Optimus, and without him, he Optimus would be dead. Or have the Decepticons <laughs> join up with the Autobots to face the the beat Omnicron or mm-hmm. Unicron, right? Sure. And then, like, you know, because Mega, Megatron could do the whole, like, I want to kill Prime, but it's uh, it's got to be by my hand. I can't, can't let this two-bit planet robot do it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Also, here's another reason why um, Magnus Ultimus, or whatever the fuck his name is, is a terrible leader. He manages to crash land his perfectly functional spaceship. Like, there's mm-hmm. no sign that this spaceship is under any distress at all. It says, hold on to your butts. He just at one point says, brace for impact, and crashes it into the next planet. Yeah. What the fuck, man? <laughs> in like a 30-second like, crash scene. It's like getting everyone into the lifeboat, successfully getting away, and just ramming into the first pier. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I don't get it, and I think that was on the junk planet. Yeah, he's he's the Sully of <laughs> of the Autobots. Phrase <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for impact. That's all, yeah, all he can do. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Daniel's exosuit? Yes, please. So this is hey, you suit, mean his father's exosuit? This is a suit designed for his father for a full, full grown, size adult human male, and a ten year old can slide right in. And not yeah. only that, but at some point he starts commanding it to transform, and mm-hmm. I'm like, this is surely going to be a joke because if this thing transforms right. into anything but a humanoid looking suit, <laughs> it's going to break every fight. It's going to just rip his arms and legs off. Yeah, and probably yeah. his dick too. <laughs> uh, Somehow they cheat, so when he transforms into his little scooter robot, he's able to pull his hands into like a steering wheel. You know what this reminded me of? What? Of the, what's the Batman movie where the Batmobile kind of slides Batman into this oh, forward, like forward-facing yeah, yeah, yeah. position yeah, uh-huh. inside of it? And like it reminded that, me exactly that. That doesn't seem like it would physically work. Yeah, probably not. Like, you know, Batman but... is reclining, and then he flips, and he goes, you know, head over ass. And, yeah. And it's, like, all in a mechanical thing, too. So if it goes mm-hmm. wrong, or you're not ready to oh. bend that. Oh. Yeah. 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 If, if you got a Slurpee in your hand, that thing's done. Or, like, if he's parked, and he's, like, bit, you know, like, sometimes you're trying to get something out of the back seat, and you, like, you know, turn around backwards. Yeah. And like you accidentally, your knee he, hits the he, button. He, he hits the button to go into battle <laughs> mode, and it just literally breaks his back, folds him up like origami. <laughs> you don't need Bane. You just need to have a. You just it's need to a have bat. a bad day with the Batmobile, and you're dead. Right. You're dead. Let's uh, let's not forget to mention that this is apparently his dad's spare suit. Right. His dad has two exosuits, one of which he's currently wearing before he gets dipped into the radioactive lava or whatever. Right. And one of which little Daniel's wearing. Right. That the that just, miraculously that, fits that, him. That the Autobots just had laying around in their storage locker because yeah. they keep spare human exosuits around. I guess so. Uh, can we talk about the Shaktogon Society? Or maybe Shaktogons. Shark- okay. Shaktogon. The, the, the Abomination of Justice. Yeah, how's that work? Because they had this these four faced ju- judge, which you know that's all well and good. Mm-hmm. Um, but was everything on that planet opt opt uh, op- opposite day? I almost said Optimus Day. Yeah, I think because they, they were... pronounced robots innocent and then dumped them into the Sharktacon pit. I think that I think that was the writer's attempt at a commentary on justice. It really didn't land the justice system in general, right? Yeah, I I don't know what they were going for there. 
I, I don't. It was weird. I don't get it. And like, apparently, the entire society was ruled by this squid-looking dude and the four-faced corrupt judge. Mm-hmm. And all they needed to overthrow that system of oppression was a dumbass dinosaur-shaped robot to say, <laughs> "No, execute me. Execute them." Like, <laughs> all you needed is Cookie Monster. In a dinosaur-shaped-looking <laughs> suit, and you could have freed this planet instantly. Yeah. You could have given the power to the people, and the horrifying shark robots would have turned on their overlords. It seems so obvious in retrospect. Um, you know what's also, like, super obvious? The way the Autobots escaped the uh, Sharktacon pit. Yeah. Because they just transformed into underwater cars, uh-huh. drove on the sides of the shark tank fast enough to cause a whirlpool... That's pretty awesome. That the sharks were unable to deal with, and then they just jumped out. Yeah. Except for that didn't they didn't escape because then it turns out the shark shark robots can get out of the tank and transform into robots. Right. So right. good strategy, guys. Yeah, here's the thing. Like you get dumped in there as a boom box. And I think you're done, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. Not, you're, you're not creating dead. a whirlpool. You get well, dumped in re- as a laser gun, you're there's done. There's a reason the Microscope. pink and purple guy the pink and purple guy uh didn't make it out. Yeah. I don't know where he transforms into I don't know what he transforms into. Uh the coyote ugly bar. Hitachi magic wand. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. That's not going <laughs> Yeah. Uh that's not going to that's not going to get you out of the Shaktacon bit. No. Um so then we get to the Mad Max robots and the Dare to be Stupid sequence and the Universal Greeting Redux and I, I lost my mind during I, this. I stopped taking like, at this point I think I blacked out and stopped taking notes like cuz my last note was the Universal Greeting Redux what the fuck. Um Yeah. So yeah. It was incredible. I mean that that dance scene I couldn't believe my eyes. Yeah. And th- there's other thing is like there's the scaling is all over the place which I understand like uh-huh. Part of the Transformers' core abilities is they can expand and shrink in size to help their disguising ability. But when Unicron rolls up on Galvatron, there's like a certain kind of scale. Like, yes, Unicron is huge, mm-hmm. but he's not planetary scale. And when he rolls up on when he rolls up on Cybertron, which is a planet, yeah. he is about the size of, of of Cybertron. But then when he's when you see like the Decepticon fighters shooting his head, mm-hmm. like, you know, a, he's, his head's like twice as big as the jet, but his head's also half the size of a planet. Right. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't, you know, I, that's like, would it kill? I don't know. It seems like it would have been really cool to have like a true planetary size threat and like keep that scaling consistent and whatnot. Also, maybe, maybe he just didn't realize, hey, I need to be about as big as a planet here. Maybe he's fluctuating wildly Could during be. that battle. Could be. <laughs> One moment he's huge, next moment he's tiny. Right. But what does that even... So if a planet... What does it mean to be a planetary-sized robot when you can fluctuate your size at will? Right. Like, could Optimus Prime Just blow himself to up be, to be a nebula-sized yeah. robot? Why Why couldn't he? I don't know. Would it be more or less powerful? Or be smaller than a grain of sand? How's Unicron even going to see him? What makes some robots more powerful than others? Like, like why is Optimus, Optimus Prime? Prime so much more powerful than your average Autobot? Other than his, other than his narrative capabilities, I don't know. Nothing. It seems like sure as shit isn't the Matrix, the Matrix. of leadership because that well, didn't gotta help. Be. It didn't help uh, Magnus Ultimus any. But he didn't know he how to still... use it. I feel like Optimus might have had a better grip well, on the what thing. the Matrix does and how to use it. So can we talk about auto- how fucked up Autobot society is? Sure. Um, are they only capable of accepting a leader that's in the form of a semi-truck? Mm-hmm. Because notice when Rodimus Prime, <laughs> even though he's a fucking kit car, he turned into some kind of, like, RV unit. Yeah, they put a camper unit on the back of his Like, his what the... Like, I, I get it. It's like, I'm, 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 I'm from America, who has got a, had a long string of, of, of uh, electing old white dudes, and then we had a black dude, but we're sticking with the dudes thing. So, uh-huh. is that a thing? Like, we... Like, look, man, we need a tough semi... For a leader, right? You can't have a Prius. You can't yep. put a Toyota in you can't the put cyber a cassette house. tape in there. For you God's can't sake. put no. That's like the cassette tapes. They're just followers. They fit in other. You know, you can't even put a boombox, much less a cassette tape. Like it's so weird that like all the rope, the the primes seem like they're versions of trucks. Yeah, maybe There's prime a, means truckist. truck in their language. Mm. 
Maybe maybe the Matrix just converts them to trucks See, I, somehow. So so my son when he got um when he was about three, I started taking him to comic book shops, and he got way into some comics. He he gravitated towards Sonic the Hedgehog, Mega Man, and he also liked the Transformers stuff. And I can so see I, why it's a cool idea. It is cool, and like the art on the Transformers were or was banging at least in the years that we were reading it. And I kind of got the impression that uh, Prime is like a title. Okay. Like Rod, yeah. like Hot Rod became Rodimus Prime when the Matrix of Leadership opened up and accepted him as mm-hmm. the leader. You know, like which I don't know why Magnus didn't become Magnus Prime, but like Optimus was his his name wasn't opt like wasn't always Optimus Prime. It was some other thing, and then he became Optimus Prime when he he became the Prime. Like the Prime is some kind of uh, title. Uh huh. So all right, but then that makes sense because, like I said, the but why does it change your form? It's kind of what you're you're wondering, yeah, yeah. And also, if his primary form is like you know the the truck person, then and I believe that was even the case when he um, was before he was Optimus Prime when he was like the little space sled. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's it's weird. Like if that's your true form, but it takes a lot of the its cues from your secondary design. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to decide. I'm trying to figure out. The how a toy universe works, and I feel like I'm just pissing up a rope here. Yeah, I wish we had like a Transformers expert that we could bring on the show. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I went to the we Wikipedia, could just blast him with questions. There's so much contradictory lore right. from the comics and the different runs of different comics, and the Generation One versus all the other generations versus the Beast Wars versus the. Of course. You know, next cartoon versus the rescue rescue heroes version. Like there's all these different canons and they don't make any sense. Yeah. It's like maybe the most convoluted fandom I've ever seen. (laughs) Um, Why is Peter Cullen so fucking awesome as Optimus Prime? Like that's that's like I feel like a lot of guys grew up in 80s. That's like their dad voice. Right. Like Optimus Prime makes them feel safe and warm when they hear, like, if Optimus Prime says... He has a pretty authoritative Don't voice. be afraid. Yeah. I've got this shit. Like, you're like, all right. Like, Optimus sure. Prime for president would win in a landslide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'd get I, there I in the know. primaries I mean, and it'd be, one shall stand and one shall fall. And it'd be like, all right, you're the one standing. You're the 30-foot-tall robot. And he did Optimus's voice in the new ones, right? Yeah, he did. In the, the new m- movies. Would you believe that this movie... The guy looks like Inspector Clouseau, too. Does just, he? Yeah, actually, because I expected him to be, like, this granite-faced, yeah. like, long, curly, 80s surfer hair-looking dude that's all salt and pepper. No, he looks like Inspector Clouseau from the Pink Panther movies. Okay. Uh, would you believe that this movie is more highly rated on IMDb than any of the new Transformers movies? Yes. I'm not sure if that's fair, but I do believe it. Yeah, so it was interesting because I was reading that largely this was... Uh, mediocre critical success. It it was not this movie. Yeah, because yeah. it's like fifty five percent fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. It its budget was six million. Right. It made five point eight. It was like considered a huge flop. Like, like yeah, this which plus I don't think is honestly po- true. Like, it, well, because also all how the much, DVD sales and it's on well, VHS Amazon sales, first of all, right? And then DVD sales, Betamax probably Blu Ray at this point. Uh-huh. And all, uh, the, all, all the, the marketing, toys it sold. yeah, the merchandising is just off the charts. And it wasn't just toys. Like when you're talking, like it's 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 school folders, it's pencils, yeah, lunch boxes it's and underwear shirts, and yeah. shirts. It's like the merchandise on this. Like if you're telling me that the My Little Pony and Transformers movie lost Hasbro ten million dollars, I say bullshit. Yeah, me too. I mean, box office, sure, maybe box didn't make office. Money, you write that off so you can subsidize your one billion dollar merchandise right. windfall. Yeah. So I don't know. And the other thing is like, but how do you think it compares with the modern Transformers movies? Any of them? Like, um, I've only seen the first two Transformers movies. Okay. And then I'm like, okay, I've seen enough of this. Same here. Um, I thought the I second actually, one was absolute shit. If you took the stupid attempts of humor mm-hmm. out of the Transformers films, I actually think they are not bad kids entertainment they're a little bit more violent than i think they need to be oh wow because you got i think number two is just an all-around piece of shit number one is fine but the robot i mean the transformers look fucking cool and they fight well and um, yeah but they don't transform into their into their non-robot forms very often very often they don't ever do it to fight they're just punching each other right uh it's a garbage mess 
it's a junkyard of a mess on the screen when they're fighting each other. My biggest problem, it's like, terrible. My, it's I, terrible. I, I thought I thought the first movie failed when Jazz dies at the end, and Optimus Prime becomes aware of it, and he literally takes the two halves of Jazz and's like, "Oh, Jazz," and then dis- yeah. literally throws it yeah. to the side. Is like, "But we want," you know, like what? Come on, man. This Have is a like little your, compassion. Jesus. Like, well, what happened if, like, you know, Picard won the day and found that Riker died? Yeah. Oh, Riker. Oh, Riker. Throws him up to the side. Throws him out the air making out with Troy. Like, I, come on, man. Like, slow. You can, you can take a minute to process Optimus Prime's grief. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But, like I said, I, I feel like, and it's been a long time since I've seen the movies, but my mm-hmm. impression is if you took out the really lame attempts at humor and just played them straight took them seriously yeah they're not they're not terrible but i could be wrong i mean there's a lot of like robots pissing jokes there's a lot of like yeah. borderline racist robot humor uh-huh there's a lot of just stupid attempts at you know making the making the super spy that works for the super secret organization seem like some basement dwelling nerd yep i mean the parents to- are just undeniably idiots yeah, bunch of bad masturbation jokes. Yeah, um, just, just a lot of bit bad attempts at humor. Uh-huh. But I don't know. On the other hand, I thought I thought it was genuinely. I remember being entertained by the sequence of the the Transformers trying to hide out in uh, um, Shia LaBeouf's backyard, backyard. Yeah, when he was trying to keep him undercover, that was pretty. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of funny. And he keep a three story tall robot undercover. Right. And I still am amazed at kind of like um, like the face of Optimus Prime, like how yeah. like that was like really cool and techno looking, and the fact that he had like a battle mode that you know because because mm-hmm. in the in the you know the cartoon he's got this like giant ninja mask on his face and he's just right. got these these little these little robot eyes and this giant ninja mask and in in the uh, cart in the movie that slides aside and you can actually see his face and he can actually emote a little bit. Yeah, but then he ended you up give him that power, and then he and then he just doesn't do anything for Jazz. That kind of rubs me the wrong way, right? Uh, why you think? So you, are you going to say that this cartoon is better than the movies? I certainly enjoyed it more. Yeah, hmm. but I wouldn't say that any of them are actually that good. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't think this is a it. good movie. I think this is a silly, ridiculous, over the top eighties cartoon. I wish I could go back and be a ten year old and see it. The right, because the other I can thing, imagine loving it. I remember a, a couple years ago, I sat down to watch the Generation 1 Transformers just to like, oh, I'm going to have myself a nostalgia fest. I'm going to make yeah. myself a, a bowl of mac and cheese. I'm going to watch this because why not? I'm 37 years old and <laughs> life ain't getting any better. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I put it on oh, and I'm just like, I couldn't, I couldn't get through an episode and a half. It was just so bad. Yeah. And I remember the other thing is like um, when Jack was like only four years old, I noticed a Marshall Bravestar was on uh, Netflix. And I remember Marshall Bravestar is another one I wasn't allowed to watch because it involved mysticism and magic, like space <laughs> Indian magic. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah, we're going to watch this. Jack loved it, but it's so stupid. Yeah. Uh, it has some unintentional moments of comedy, like the fact that like Marshall Bravestar's, right, like like imagine he has a he has a faithful companion, like a Chewbacca. It's a sentient bipedal horse. Oh my god. That transforms into a robotic horse that Bravestar rides. Okay. So imagine like Han would jump on Chewie's back and ride him into battle. Like isn't that a little deme like with a saddle and everything? <laughs> isn't hey, that just man. a bit demeaning? He he looks at Chewie, hey dude, this is a life debt. <laughs> yes, this is right. a life debt. You knew you what you were getting into. What, what did you think when you said life debt? <laughs> right. Because I saw saddles and me riding you from time to time like bros do, but I guess... Just let I, me have this. I guess Let me have this, Chewie. I guess if life debt doesn't mean that to you, then you can keep your dignity. I don't know. Poor Chewie. Didn't get a medal for the Battle of Yavin. Got yeah. rode around in the dark places of the Millennium Falcon by Han. Yeah, it's some real shit. Lots of dark stuff we're uncovering from our childhoods. You know what the slogan of this movie should have been? What? Transformers, uncut. robots in your eyes. Because that's what happens. They go right through Unicron's eyes. That was a real fuck you. Like you bust it out was. the dude's eye getting in. And it's then you right blow the there. other one out. It's right going there. out. It's right there. You can go back out the already. But no, you, you take both of his eyes out. Yep. And then you piss in his eyes Transformers. also thought it was pretty rad that the end of the movie is essentially uh, Unicron's head has become the new moon of Cybertron. Yes. How rad would that be? That's pretty sweet. Like, I would definitely substitute a giant robot head for Luna. Yeah. Get rid of it right now. 
right? Give me, give me a Unicron head. Yeah, that thing's all busted up and cratered anyway. Yeah, I also want to say Get that out of here. In, in one of the, I think in in the comics continuity, at least that that the the dead head of Unicron is like some kind of base that people are using. Oh my god, is or it maybe, title locked? So you, know you always see him staring down. <laughs> It'd have to be, right? I would think so, yeah. Uh, No, I could be confusing that with Guardians of the Galaxy, because I know one of their bases is, like, essentially a a dead Eternal. Okay. Um, Like, these cosmic beings, and one of them got decapitated, and they're a pirate. A pirate space station is is taking its old mummified head over. It's pretty cool. (laughs) Wow. But I thought that maybe Unicron's head was being used in the comic somehow. Um, I'm about transformed out, man. Yeah, me too. Uh, Jason, I hope you enjoyed your Christmas present. Merry Christmas to you and to Amy. Uh, you guys sound like you're rad and have an awesome relationship. And I'll be at a good time with this podcast and the other one that's coming up here directly. Merry Christmas to all. If you'd like to commission your very own podcast, it's easy. Go to baldmove.com slash shop and make it happen. There's a community commissions where you can chip in 10 bucks at a time for shares towards making one happen. Or you can do what Amy did and just, just go for the brass ring and do a solo podcast and make us watch whatever you want us to watch and talk about it. And there you go. Merry Christmas, everyone. And uh, we will see you in the new year.